This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey and a lot of other stuff surrounding the game. I am Ben Goats, one of your Las Vegas Review Journal Golden Knights beat writers. Joining me on the other line is my colleague, Dave Shane. Uh, Dave, how's it going? How's your pre-Thanksgiving week uh, going so far? Awesome. I had the best birthday present ever my dinos took down the uh korean baseball title swole daddy and me have been out partying i i started with them at the start of the uh the season i rode with them all summer all the way to the end here so go dinos respect to you for the consistency because i uh 1000 percent fell off the kbo after of course initially being very locked in to my LG twins, because of course I am from Minnesota, so there's just synergy there. So I respect the fact that you were dedicated enough to carry it on all the way to November. I'm partying too, you know, gotta celebrate that. See that trophy? It's like a giant sword, like Excalibur or something. It's great, man. <laughs> that is incredible. I think it should give uh, the NHL some pause when they describe the Stanley Cup as the greatest trophy in sports because you cannot impale someone, last I checked, uh, with the Stanley Cup. Uh, but, of course, we're not going to talk about... And there's no DeBoer written on it either. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're not going to discuss our favorite weapon slash trophies on today's podcast. Uh, we are going to discuss some of the uh, interesting interviews Dave and I have done over the past few weeks uh, that you can check out on ReviewJournal.com. I think they're pretty uh, good stories that we've managed to put together. And, of course, we'll be discussing the news that came out late last night that four Golden Knights players have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, before we get to all that, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is presented by Indeed, Pepsi, and Favorshot, drinkafavor.com. Uh, please check out all our written work at the RJ. And, of course, if you could uh, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcast, due to this one, it would be uh, very much appreciated. Uh, so, like I said just then, uh, we got the news uh, late last night, I think it was around like 8.30, right after Monday Night Football had wrapped up for me, uh, that the Golden Knights had had four players um, that were not identified, test positive, 
for COVID-19. The Knights said all of those players are self-isolating and so far recovering well. Uh, as a result, the team has closed off City National Arena to players basically through the weekend, um, which makes sense. They obviously have to probably run some additional tests, make sure that uh, four players is where kind of the spread stopped. Um, the Knights, you know, have been allowed along with other NHL teams to kind of get together informally for workouts as they're kind of awaiting word as to when the uh, 2021 NHL season will officially start, or maybe it'll just be the 2021 NHL season. Um, but obviously, Dave, this was uh, not good news for an organization that managed to kind of avoid the virus as best one could uh, leading up to training camp in July when they're getting ready for the return to play. And then, of course, in the bubble, no one tested positive. So the Knights had a very good track record. And obviously, uh, it's kind of tough that as they're potentially gearing up for next season that they hit this speed bump. Yeah, I mean, you hope everybody's okay to begin with. I mean, that's the first thing is, you know, just how it's affecting everybody and and you hope it's, you know, folks are asymptomatic or minor or whatever. I mean, obviously like it's out, it was public. I mean, even, you know, kind of affected me in, in sort of uh, a weird sort of way. I mean, like Bill Foley tested positive for, for COVID-19. So it's been around, I guess you could say the team in, in sort of an indirect way. Um, I mean, you look around other sports. I mean, heck, Ben, our Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry this week is potentially uh, in peril uh, for football because of because of COVID. Um, you look at other sports. I mean, obviously, you've seen around the state, the numbers, the spike. Um, I, I don't want to say it's inevitable. I mean, it's just kind of the, the numbers. It's the odds. I mean, knock on wood, as I haven't left a house in a, in a handful of days for anything. And, and my hair continues to, uh, to climb, like, you know, I don't know. It's bad. I need a haircut, but anyway, like, I, I don't want to say like I said, inevitable, but you know, it was, it was sort of bound to happen. I mean, it's, it's been in other sports, it's been in other places, you know, you just hope, I guess at this point, everybody can get healthy. We don't know when like training camp, and things like that are going to start like we've talked about in the past. But you figure, you know, at least if, if everybody is OK, you know, going forward that that they can move on from this. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there in terms of like, you know, this is not a totally unexpected uh, situation at this point, just because, as you pointed out, the uh, testing numbers in Nevada. I mean, they literally hit an all-time high today, Tuesday, as we're recording this. Uh, now it should be said that because these players that tested positive were not identified, we're not 100% sure or not uh, whether these players are in Nevada. The fact that they're closing, obviously, City National Arena sure makes it seem like it, but not 100% sure there. Um, but even outside of Nevada, I mean, we also heard uh, this morning TSN reported that the Blue Jackets appear to have an outbreak in Columbus. Uh, also, this morning, Team Canada had two players in their World Junior Camp test positive, so they uh, canceled a scrimmage that they were planning on holding. And, uh, you know, in that Team Canada camp, our Golden Knights prospects, Peyton Krebs, Caden Korzak, and uh, Lucas Cormier, who they just drafted uh, in the third round. So, this is affecting, obviously, the 
entire league. This is affecting, of course, just the sports landscape as a whole. As we see, you know, UNLV football recently had a game canceled. We're seeing college basketball cancellations all across the country. Um, and I think it makes it pretty clear, Dave, that one way or the other, this is going to be an issue that the NHL might have to deal with potentially all year. Absolutely. I mean, if they're talking about January 1st and, and starting up and those sorts of things, having training camps in two weeks and potentially having training camps even earlier for the seven teams that didn't make the postseason, uh, you know, all this is going to be affected by by the virus and, and testing going forward. I mean, we've seen it with the NFL games, you know, potentially being postponed, canceled, pushed back. Uh, you figure, you know, at some point, all this, you know, and unless, I mean, I guess you look fingers crossed, like, you know, whatever vaccine that seems to be developed and, and all positive signs seem to be pointing to, you know, its effectiveness. So you would hope that all those sorts of things, you know, can happen quickly. I don't know, you know, what sort of timeline those, you know, medical things happen on. I'm not going to pretend that I'm epidemiologist or anything like that, but, you know, I, I guess, yeah. Until until everything is eradicated, until we're back to quote unquote normal, you know, the NHL players, teams, fans, you know, us media, it's all going to be affected and we're all going to have to to deal with in, in some way, shape or fashion. No, that's definitely true. Um, well, that's kind of the news we have for now. And obviously this situation grows or escalates. We'll keep everyone posted. But I want to transition now into um, some stories that we've had recently at ReviewJournal.com and actually will continue to have because the first thing I want to talk about is for our Thanksgiving edition this year. So that's still uh, two days into the future. Dave, you're going to have a story based on a conversation you got to have a couple weeks ago with Golden Knights goaltender of Robin Leonard. And obviously, it's been a very huge year for him in terms of the February trade that brought him to the Golden Knights the kind of run in the bubble where he became the team's starter and took them all the way to the Western Conference Final. And then, of course, the offseason where then he signed the five-year extension uh, to keep him here in Las Vegas. Um, so I'm just curious, Dave, getting the chance to talk to him a little bit after kind of everything had happened, uh, what were some of your big takeaways from that conversation? Yeah, we didn't talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dramatic lead up, but and, you know, no, I mean, we did a little bit, but uh, you know, not so here's the thing like, okay, for one, the conversation actually took place while I was in Montana prior to the start of free agency. So right before we had learned that Robin Leonard and actually, in fact, Robin Leonard went under the knife and had surgery on his, on his shoulder. So wasn't able to talk to him about that or any of those types of things. Well, we had about a 45 minute conversation and we got, you know, into a lot of deep things and, and, you know, his background a little bit, uh, in terms of growing up in Sweden, actually learned, you know, he was somebody who played soccer till he was 10 years old. Didn't even know how to skate, decided to play hockey. Um, you know, getting into a little bit with, you know, obviously what he had talked about, you know, in his uh, athletic article in, in, you know, his early days with the senators and the, and the Sabres uh, kind of ultimately, you know, his Nadir and, and hitting rock bottom in 2018. And then his climb, you know, back with, 
with the Islanders and in the Blackhawks, ultimately, you know, earning that five-year deal, like you mentioned, Ben, but really without kind of spoiling too much here, I guess, and, and we can talk about some other things. I'm certainly open to talking about some other topics, but, you know, I'll, I'll give a little sneak preview to the Thanksgiving story and is, you know, we talked a lot about mental health and, and one of the things I posed to, to Leonard was, you know, kind of being labeled sort of, I guess, the mental health goal, you know, have that, that being something that, that he's always sort of known for and, and his comfort level with that. And, you know, what I try to do sort of with the story is, is tell Robin Leonard's, I guess, impact through, through other people. Um, and there's some, some other folks that I talked to and interviewed and I won't spoil it. I'll, I'll leave it a little bit of a surprise, but you know, there's a funny, I guess, trope or, or meme that goes across the internet and, it, you know, something blah, blah, blah about, you know, the friends we made along the way. And, and it's a joke and, and everything. But in this case with Robin Leonard, it's really kind of true. And and I hope this story really sort of in a way is is about the people that, that Robin Leonard has, has met and impacted along the way. And as he sort of transitions to a new fan base here with the Golden Knights and, and folks start to, you know, one, learn who he is and, and obviously learn his story because he's so open about it, you know, and just sort of how he's impacted people and, and, and what he, you know, sort of plans to, to do and, and sort of the ins- impact and inspiration that, that he can have on this fan base going forward now that, that he's signed and, and is finally somewhere where his long-term future is secure. Yeah, I'm really excited to read it. I encourage everyone to check it out when it comes out in Thursday's paper as well. I'm not sure what time we'll have it online. But just one thing, you know, with that and kind of, I guess this is a tangent related to what you were talking about. Uh, One thing that Leonard said that was really interesting uh, at the virtual press conference announcing his extension was that he actually felt that he was going to be better moving forward because he now had the long-term security of that five-year deal. And we see it all the time in all the professional sports, basically the, you know, I would call it, you know, quote unquote contract year bump where a guy who's on an expiring deal all of a sudden has a career season because there's a lot of extra motivation involved when you're kind of, you know, playing for your your money at that point, you know, you're trying to work your way into a raise or to kind of lock yourself into a bigger deal. And Leonard's kind of taken the opposite approach where, I mean, he definitely, I think you could argue, didn't necessarily maximize the, you know, dollar figure on his contract. His $5 million, you know, AAV is not, you know, crazy high for a goaltender, let alone one that's been a Vesna Trophy finalist in the very, you know, recent past. Um, But he wanted the years and he wanted the security and he thinks he will play better um, because of it. And I guess after talking to him a little bit more, you know, directly one-on-one, Dave, I mean, is that something that you buy into with him? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you sort of have to, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of kind of, how do I don't want to say this? I mean, that's, that's sort of the story here with Robin Leonard and that that's sort of everything that he, he's trying to do with his message. Um, for the past couple of years, you know, it's about his ability to manage his mental illness and, and manage his bipolar and still be successful on the ice. You know, 
talking to some people, talking to Robin, talking to, you know, a couple of fans and, and things like that for the story, it was universal that, you know, for almost his entire career, he had all these other things on his plate, all these other demons, all these other, you know, I guess, interferences in his career that are no longer there. Everything is set for him to be successful. He's in a place where he's going to get support from the fan base and the organization. He's got a long-term contract in a city that he wanted to be in. It was his choice to be here. I mean, everything sets up. It, it's like, you know, if you're ever going to succeed, this is this is the situation. He, he's finally able to, you know, put himself in a place where he just has to worry about hockey and just has to worry about the things that he wants to to worry about advocating for mental health awareness and and working in the community working behind the scenes and you know and just focusing on winning a Stanley Cup all 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 of the all the like I said all the demons all the all the distractions are gone and and so for somebody and he explained this, I think, uh, on the day that he signed his contract, you know, for somebody who deals with bipolar like he does, who who deals with, you know, the issues that he deals with, stability is a big thing. And so if he can just go play hockey and just, you know, be happy, do the things that he wants to do. I mean, I think, you know, the Knights are certainly banking on that. I think everybody believes that that once the season rolls around and Robin Leonard can just play hockey, that that he's going to show, you know what what's, you know what's been in there the last couple of years. I mean, look statistically, like we've talked about in the last couple of podcasts, and you go back and save percentages and all these sorts of things. Robin Leonard has been, you know, one of the best goalies in the NHL, and still having to deal with a lot all these other things. So, you know, for the last couple of years with the Islanders, with the Blackhawks, with the Knights. It's been a clean slate, and and going forward, he has a chance to to show, you know, the goaltender that he can be. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed, is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. 
Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I personally love to watch from my couch and take in as many games as possible, but it doesn't matter how you do it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Yeah, well, once again, I'm very excited to check out uh, Dave's story on Robin Leonard in Thursday's paper. Uh, But next, I want to talk about a story that we actually already published. It was in the paper on Sunday and, of course, is on our website. Uh, I got to talk to Cody Glass last week just to get an update on how he was doing as far as his rehab and also just get a sense of kind of where he's at heading into, uh, you know, next training camp and next season because it's a very important year for him. Now that, you know, Paul Stasny was traded away and kind of theoretically there's a spot open for him. And um, I asked Cody Glass about that and he said, yeah, I, you know, want that spot, which is obviously if you're the Golden Knights, that's what you want to hear. Um, Big takeaways for those who haven't uh, read it yet. uh, Glass is backskating. And while he wouldn't term himself necessarily 100 percent, he certainly kind of seems to be on a good pace in terms of his recovery and getting ready uh, for training camp, which the Knights have always said they expected him to be there for that. Uh, The big thing, too, was he said he's up to 207 pounds, uh, which for context, the Knights listed him at 194 pounds in February. Uh, One of his big priorities this offseason, outside of, of course, just getting healthy again, was gaining strength because he thought he was getting pushed off the puck too much. And I think that's something we kind of talked about all year when he was playing is when he moved kind of from center to right wing just to kind of plug a hole in the lineup. He just didn't have necessarily the ability as a rookie to, you know, go into a corner and win a puck, which is what you know, a lot of times NHL wingers need to do. So uh, Glass is obviously trying to rectify that, though um, you would imagine that he's going to get a look at his natural position a little bit more next year with the depth chart looking what it, like what it looks like right now. And, you know, it was obviously good to catch up with him, Dave, but I'm curious from your perspective, because that spot, as I mentioned, was opened up with Paul Stasny being, you know, sent away, how much do you think... Uh, that trade for the Knights was, of course, it was mainly about clearing, you know, money off the salary caps to ultimately make room to sign Alex Petrangelo. Um, but how much do you think it also kind of represents, at least uh, as we move forward toward camp here, a kind of a short term bet that Cody Glass is going to be able to get back healthy and potentially take on at least some of that role? Yeah, short term and, and probably long term, too, to be quite honest. I mean, combination you know Chandler Stevenson's obviously factors into that Nicholas Waugh probably factors into that like you don't know kind of how it's all going to shake out in terms of the lines and and who knows I mean maybe there's another little move or or tweak or something that the Golden Knights make you know kind of along the way here there's still a little bit of salary cap you know I guess editing that they have to do um you know, before the season starts and, and all that, obviously, you know, they have some time, but 
you know, I think Cody Glass is certainly a large part of that. And and then maybe Peyton Krebs too, although Peyton Krebs looks like maybe we can start projecting him in a wing based on what we saw in the bubble and what we've seen kind of what, with uh, Team Canada in the World Junior Camp where he seems to be skating on a wing. But again, but I mean, just back to Glass, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, you know, he's a guy, if you're going to look at timing-wise, and he was drafted a few years ago, and this is sort of the... You know, he should be ready. This is his, his moment in his development. I mean, you know, it's I, I hate comparing players, but you look at what Nick Suzuki did in Montreal, same draft class. Like, you know, it, it's all those sorts of things that that Cody Glass's time is, is now. Like you said, he's put on the weight. He should be, you know, hopefully getting fully recovered and 100 percent from his knee injury. And he's had a you know a little bit of a taste. And and that's always a good thing. And then going forward, you're not asking him to really make like a huge jump, right? You're not asking him to like throw up 60 points and be some kind of all-star and all that. You, you'll figure out where he slots in and maybe it's a number two, maybe it's a number three, maybe it's somewhere on the wing, you know, who knows. But but I do think, you know, to answer the question, it, it is a bet on, on Cody Glass on the short term. And I do think that there's going to be a little bit of pressure, you know, on him to one, make the team coming out of training camp if he's healthy and then two, you know, produce, uh, going forward. Yeah. I mean, you brought up kind of the interesting point that they certainly have been betting on him for a while now, because of course, you know, they chose to part with Nick Suzuki in the Max Pacioretty trade rather than Cody glass. They chose to part with Eric Brandstrom rather than uh, Cody class in the Mark stone trade. I mean, he was the guy that they held on to, when they were kind of trading away prospects as they shifted into win now mode, because obviously he was their first ever draft pick number six overall in 2017. And they've believed in him for basically more than three years now. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much he ends up rewarding that faith, at least this next year, because certainly the long-term prognosis I think is still certainly that Cody glass can be an NHL player. I think, Anyone who watched him early on uh, last season could see that he's got the skills to make it happen, even, you know, at, at in the big leagues. It's just a matter of how much is he going to impact specifically, you know, next year's team as a uh, 21-year-old right now because the rest of the roster is obviously ready to go. Um, and then the last interview uh, I want to kind of quick talk about before we wrap things up here is uh one i had last night with a uh, henderson silver knights assistant coach uh the silver knights announced their uh, two assistants for uh, coach manny viveros uh yesterday one is jamie heward who previously worked with viveros in the western hockey league they had two really good seasons together there so it makes sense that he's coming onto the staff uh, but the other one is it's, uh, more intriguing, no offense to Jamie Heward. Uh, that's because it's Joel Ward, who's a recently retired right winger, who actually played for the Sharks during the Knights inaugural season. So he played the Knights, I believe, three times in the regular season uh, that year. And of course, obviously played against them in the second round of the playoffs as the Knights made their big run to the Stanley Cup final. So it's really interesting to have a guy, you know, just very recently out of the game out coming onto the staff um and ward is a very impressive story for those of you that don't know 
mean, he's a guy who uh, went undrafted. He played college hockey in Canada until he was about 24, um, but he still ended up playing more than 700 games in the NHL, and he played for a lot of good teams. He played for the uh, Capitals under George McPhee. He actually signed uh, a free agent deal with McPhee in 2011, I believe. Uh, He was on the Sharks team that made the uh, Stanley Cup final under Pete DeBoer and lost to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, So he accomplished a lot, and uh, I talked to him yesterday, and he said he kind of knew deep down that when he hung up his skates that coaching was something he really wanted to get into Um, so he started reaching out to people within the game that he knew to kind of figure out hey what should the next steps for me maybe be and of course two of those people were uh, McPhee and DeBoer and all of a sudden he connected with Beaveros and he's on staff so this is his first professional coaching gig so it'll be interesting to see how he does but uh you know, Dave, the two of us obviously haven't necessarily been writing about a specific AHL team for too long, but I have to imagine there's not, I guess, there's not a lot of people that the Silver Knights could have hired that would have been, I guess, a bigger name for a lack of a better word. This is a kind of as splashy a hire, I think, as an AHL assistant can be. Yeah, it is. He is for for all of the reasons um, that you mentioned. There. I, I mean, we, here's the other thing too. Like, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about the diversity part of this too, and applaud the Golden Knights for for a move. Joel Ward is the son of immigrants from Barbados who went to Canada. Joel Ward is black, and and we've talked about this in, in past podcasts. And well, not this specifically, but I'll bring this up. Joel Ward is also part of a very infamous incident in 2012 playing for the Washington Capitals where he eliminated the Boston Bruins and the reaction from Bruins fans was, you know, to basically racially abuse him online. And I'm sure in person and and all those sorts of, it was a terrible story, but like, you know, Joel Ward and, and going forward and how outspoken he's been, um, his work with, Hockey is for everyone. There's a picture that I saw today as I was kind of, you know, researching and, and things like that. What I want to talk about for, for this podcast, and you know, Joel Ward is wearing a, a black girl hockey club sweatshirt and things like, like, like we have to talk about the diversity thing because it's a big thing. It's a thing. All, all summer we've talked about the need, and and with Ryan Reeves, we talked about the need for expanding diversity in hockey. These are the people that that the AHL, the NHL and the hockey industry in general need to make sure are involved in coaching. Joel Ward is eminently qualified for all of the things that you spoke about, but you know, he also has different experiences that need to be part of hockey and, and need to be told and exposed and, and, you know, there to hold people accountable basically too. This is an important hire one because, you know, it allows somebody coming from the game you know, to enter coaching, but we can't ignore the diversity issue or or not issue, but the diversity aspect of this and, and applaud the golden Knights for, for, you know, reaching out and, and doing this and, and expanding, you know, the, the culture in hockey. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, Joel Ward is actually one of the founding members of the hockey diversity Alliance. So, um, 
I'm sure people remember back from the summer, that was an organization that uh, Matt Dumba was involved in, and he spoke about before uh, basically the first game with the NHL postseason uh, in the Edmonton bubble. And, of course, uh, includes Akeem Alou and a bunch of other players that Ryan Reeves has spoken about, how he just wanted to get involved with the organization. Uh, it's an independent organization from the NHL, just basically focused on eradicating racism or just prejudice uh, from hockey. And Joel Ward is one of the founding members. I mean, he's on the board. And so, yeah, I think to your point, that just um, continues to show that the Golden Knights didn't shy away from the hire because of it. And it makes it a good move that they're willing to include people that, you know, might think or act differently than the other members of the organization. Um, And as you mentioned, I mean, Joel Ward's also, you know, very, very qualified for this job as well. And you hear him, you know, talk about coming in and being a coach. He is clearly just so, so passionate uh, about the game, about teaching the game. I mean, he mentioned he's a guy who obviously had to kind of fight and scrap and claw his way uh, for opportunities in hockey. And because of that, he's picked up on a lot of, you know, subtle things that help guys make it in the pros. And he's very excited to kind of pass those along and teach them to the Silver Knights players. Um, And so I think for all the reasons that, you know, we've both mentioned, it's it's a very, very good hire for the Silver Knights and a good start to many Viverosa staff. Yeah. And so in, in the, here's the other thing, too, that you kind of touched on with this is, you know, his connections to the Knights and and obviously George McPhee, but Pete DeBoer and having played for him and sort of the way that systems filter down within the Golden Knights organization and, and how Pete DeBoer's system is going to kind of, you know, filter down, trickle down, I guess, to the AHL level and, and Manny Viveros and the similarities, you know, Joel Ward's ability to articulate that system and, and what needs to happen, what players need to do, his familiarity with it, all those sorts of things, you know, just from that angle, from the X's and O's and things like that, you know, for a first year team to be able to come in, implement, you know, a system with a new with a new staff. I mean, just that makes the transition smoother. And, you know, it'll probably help Joel Ward, too, that that he's, you know, he's coaching a familiar system. You know, he's he's not having to go in and kind of learn from a coach and then try to, you know, pass that knowledge on to to a staff. This is all stuff that that he's done, that he's been, you know, in those player skates, in those positions on a face off, you know, in that position on a penalty kill, in the neutral zone, all those sorts of things. So that sort of experience right from the start and, and aiding in the transition and and sort of, you know, making this the seamless kind of flow between Pete DeBoer system and, and what's going to happen at the AHL level. It, I think it's going to be integral in that. Yeah. It's so funny. I asked him how much he still remembers about DeBoer's system for that very reason. He's like, Oh, you know, once you uh, are a part of that team, like it's ingrained in you because it's like, if you don't know that system, you know, inside and outside, like you're just not going to succeed on Pete DeBoer's teams. And he had nothing but praise for DeVore. I mean, he called him one of the you know most detail-oriented coaches he's ever played for. And he even mentioned that uh, when he was still playing, he was you know would sit through team meetings with DeVore. He would kind of think to himself like, "Oh man, like I can't wait to kind of teach this stuff to other people one day." 
And now he gets that opportunity with the Silver Knights. And so it'll be uh, very interesting to see how he and the team does as they get going here. Uh, But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Golden Edge podcast. As a reminder today, we are presented by Indeed, Pepsi, and Favorshot, drinkafavor.com. Also, please go to reviewjournal.com to check out all of the interviews we just talked about. Um, As I mentioned, uh, my stories after talking to Cody Glass and Joel Ward are already posted to the site. Dave's story with Robin Leonard will be posted very shortly and will, of course, appear in the Thanksgiving Day edition of the RJ. Uh, Also a reminder, if you guys could rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, please do to this one. It would be very much appreciated. For Dave Shane, I'm Ben Goetz. We are the Golden Edge Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We are so thankful that you guys choose to listen to our little show. Um, We will talk to you guys again real soon. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily Favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First-time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.